Welcome to FCAT After School, a podcast project from SFU's Faculty of Communication, Art, and Technology. In each episode, we join student hosts in conversation with alumni as they explore career journeys since graduation and gather advice for the next generation. In this episode, School of Communication student Eric Militaru catches up with SFU communication alum and radio host Simi Sarah. Simi shares insights into her career as a host at News Talk 980, the philosophy on furthering her career ambitions, and highlights the importance of learning to take your time and try new things in your educational journey. Here are FCAT's own Eric Militaru and Simi Sarah. When we were kids, there was always one question that was asked by our parents or our teachers or our friends, and it was, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's such a simple question that put a lot of pressure on us to to dream about an end goal or a fantasy that would sort of cap off our lives. So as we grew older, we either thought of more realistic career options or planned out as much as we could so that we could achieve that dream that we had from the beginning. As we pushed through high school, the pressure of getting into university and choosing the right program right off the bat was constantly stressing us, and we had to get into that program no matter the cost. For some, it might not have been as trivial, but even still, we chose the program we are in right now for a reason. With a program like Communications, you can do a lot with it, and I know students are using this program as a stepping stone to help them reach their dream or their end goal. But that's the thing. We are so fixated on this ultimate achievement that we might not have really thought about all the steps to get there. Sure, we are taking one step right now as we continue our education and communications, but what's next? For the past year or so, I was feeling pretty lost. I was tired and just over it with school. I just wanted to graduate as fast as I can and move on. I was so focused on my dream of being a radio host that I wanted to achieve that goal as fast as possible. Time is going by, and it it just feels like I'm wasting it. I was stuck in this mindset for a really long time until recently, when I had the opportunity to talk with someone very special. And odds are, you've probably heard her voice before. Okay, my name is Simi Sarah. I currently work as a talk show host at 980 CKNW. I host Mornings with Simi, which is 5.30 to 9, Monday to Friday. I've been there for about 10 years doing like various different shifts. And before that, I worked in television news and I did all sorts of things. I was a news anchor. I was a host. I was a producer. I was a reporter. I was a writer. I was, you name it. Simi has done it all. And her voice is what a lot of people hear when they start their mornings. And what is really cool is that she's actually an SFU communications alumni. But her journey through SFU was a little bit different than most. So originally after high school, I did start out by going to university. I went straight from high school. That would have been 1989. And things didn't exactly go as planned. Didn't quite work out that way. Um, My mother uh, died in a car accident at the end of my first year. And so I kind of stumbled around the school for the next year, but my heart wasn't really in it. And I think I struggled obviously a little bit, but, you know, we didn't know that back then right? We were supposed to soldier on back then. And whereas now I think we probably would have a much different reaction to somebody who'd gone through that. Um, And so I I left after 
I don't know, two years or so at SFU and went into journalism school because I got accepted there. And I really found that I had a passion for that. I had always wanted to go, but I was going to go after I got my degree and then things changed. So I went earlier. And then after that, like it was just, I was in the business and I was doing job after job and, you know, it just, that was the way it went. And it wasn't until I, mean, I had kids, my kids were in high school. We were starting to think about where they were going to go to university that I thought, you know, it would be nice for me to go back and finish because I hadn't finished at that point. I had my journalism diploma, but I only had two years of my bachelor degree. And so I thought before they head off to university, I should probably commit myself and finish my degree. So I did. I went back in 20, I guess 2014 it was. And so along with my full-time job and two teenagers, went back to school, went back to Simon Fraser University, did part-time courses, did night courses, and I graduated in 2017. Wow. <laughs> That is quite the quite the journey out there. <laughs> it really was. And when I finished, it felt like it was funny because the second time I went to university, I remember thinking, you know, what was I complaining about all those years ago, you know, being in school? I just it instinctively I got I got it a lot easier the second time around. Mm -hmm. And I guess I just wasn't ready to go the first time. Um, but the second time I just I loved it. Like I loved it with a passion. I had a really good time the second time around. So I appreciated it much more. Nice. That, that's, that's great to hear. Um, hopefully I'll feel that same way maybe later on, but you know, I, I have a 22 year old son uh, who's graduating this year from Mount Allison university in New Brunswick. And like he, it has been a slog for him and oh, I can yeah. appreciate that because he went straight out of school and he's just going to finish this thing. And it has been difficult for him. And I told him, I was like, I don't think you understand just how like lucky you are. You're going to, but he is kind of like that where he doesn't see the value of it just yet. Whereas I told him, I was like, what a second, I understood that the first time around. Second time around for me was, I really appreciated the value of it. When Simi told me this at first, I didn't think much of it. I mean, I'm pretty much in the same boat as her son. School has just been feeling like a slog and I'm so ready to be out of these woods and into the real world. But as we talked more, and I listened to her story more, the dots started to connect, and step by step, I was shown how naive I was before this interview. But first, we gotta take some of those steps together. So, after Simi finished journalism school, she jumped right into the field, and as you can imagine, things got pretty busy, but her work quickly gained traction with the public. What happened was, the station that I first worked at used to do these 30 second news updates, like every hour on the hour kind of thing. And this was like on TV, right? Mm -hmm. But nobody paid attention. We didn't really pay attention to them at the news station because it was just like something we had to do. But that was my first job there because it was like part time. They just took super young people to fill the hours because you had to do them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you worked a lot of overnight shifts and graveyards, whatever. I was just happy to do something. But it turns out a lot of the shifts I was doing I was doing those updates like before really popular shows and it had never occurred to me. So if you watch like Saturday night live in the 1990, in the early 1990s, that was me at like one minute before Saturday night live started. If you watch Seinfeld Thursday nights at nine o'clock, that was me for 30 seconds before sign. And it never occurred to me, but somehow like people would see me. Right. And so it wasn't very long in the business before I would go out where people would recognize me. And I was like, 21, maybe 22 at that age. Yeah, I would say there was for many, many years, I didn't stop. Like it was nonstop. I mean, I had my daughter when I, my first child when I was 25, my second when I was 28. 
and I was working full time all throughout that process. So, and it was such a high pressure, kind of very competitive situation that I didn't feel like I could take, you know, I think I took six months with my daughter, four months with my son maternity leave. And so it was just so competitive. And so all during their childhood and kind of teenage years and if I wasn't at work or doing work, I was, you know, picking them up from school or dropping them off at school or it just didn't stop. Simi would continue making steps in her journey with multiple jobs in the industry. But in 2014, she would decide to take the step of coming back to SFU and finish her bachelor's. But this detour wasn't as big of a challenge as you might think. So let's start at to the beginning of your post-secondary education. So you said yeah. straight from high school, you went to SFU for communications, right? No. Um, oh, okay. No, I did not start out. In, that's a, I, I think, I think my original major was history. And I think I minored in political science. And then I switched to a minor in criminology. I think that's where I was at. And then when I went back in 2014, they put me in communications. I wanted to continue on in history, mm-hmm. um, but they put me in communications because they said, given my work experience and, and, and plus there were a lot of communications courses that were nights, part of the um, SFU now program nights or weekends. And so they said, this is probably going to be most relevant for you and easiest for you to complete the more availability of courses. Uh, it turned out to be incredibly relevant to what I do and it was such a learning process. I really, I never would have picked it in the very beginning, but as I ended up doing it, I absolutely loved it. I think I ended up finishing with a major in communications, minor in history. At the point where you decided to go back to SFU, that must have been a pretty big risk, right? To take time out of your day to actually finish the courses and finally get your degree. It actually worked out really well in terms of my work because one, they were so incredibly supportive. And I think, I think I must've gone back the year I turned 43. And the reason why I did is because, um, not just my kids that I had been thinking about that too, but my mom, when I said she passed away, she was 43. And so I was at that age. So I was about to hit the age that she had been before she died. And then you kind of, you know, that's a big, that's a big thing. That's a big deal when you're about to outlive one of your parents who died young she was on my mind a lot. And I was thinking, what would she have wanted for me? What would she have liked? And I knew that like for her, it would, would have been incredibly important for me to finish school. And that, I think it would have been a discipline. Like I wouldn't probably have dropped out if she had still been there, but I know how important it would have been for her to, for me to finish school. And so that was on my mind too. So when I went to my bosses and told them, listen, I have to make this commitment to go back to school. They were like 120% absolutely on board, like completely supportive. And what they encouraged me to do, which I think really made a difference was to talk about it on the air to kind of share the journey with people. And so I did. So everybody knew that I was back at school. Everybody knew. And I would talk about, you know, courses and things and classes and, and it really made a huge difference. And so many people would like write me and say, Oh my gosh, like I went back to school and did this and I know how hard it is. And it, it really helped me to actually get a connection with people that actually helped me at work to tell people that I was doing this because you know what? Regular people, everybody has to do this. At some point, a lot of people have to try to, you know, advance their education or better themselves or whatever it is. And you take it on in spite of everything else you have going on in your life. And you just, it was so helpful to, to hear that from other people that I think it actually, it provided more support for me. It actually turned out better. Wow. 
I did not think it would it would go that way. I thought it would Me be neither. Yeah. <laughs> um so I guess you're still continuing your job while you were uh going back to bolt that's that's quite the commitment. That's really I can't imagine doing that. No you way. Kids too at home. You know what? In hindsight, I'm like, what was I thinking? I just I had a lot of support and help at home. Mm-hmm. I just, everybody was on board. Everybody knew that I really want to do this. My husband was great about it. The kids were great about it. Like it was really a very supportive thing that they helped me to do. And so when I actually did graduate, it was just super emotional. I had my kids there. It was, um, but you know what? Lots of adults and parents have to do that. Like we, a lot of them have to do it. We don't all have the luxury. And this is what I'm trying to tell you because you're so young. And this is what I also tell my son is that this is part of the, you don't know how lucky you have it at that age where your only focus has to be pretty much you know, getting through school and later in life, it becomes quite challenging if you are trying to juggle it and go back. So it definitely gave me a greater, when I look back, I'm like, God, I wanted to slap myself from, you know, back at the age of 19. What was I complaining about? But here's the thing. Simi's journey through SFU was completely different to what I'm doing right now. She already had years of experience in the field and she enjoyed working in it before finishing her degree in communications. But for students now, we are pressured to pick the right path from the beginning, you know, choose the right field to study or else you'll suffer the consequences of changing paths later on. For someone like myself, I have little to no experience in any field regarding communications. I wouldn't know if I like it or not until maybe it's too late. So I understand the stress that comes from this fear of straying from the path. Luckily, in communications, there are a lot of opportunities and directions you can go in. So, I asked Simi if she felt a similar feeling of trying something completely different. Yeah, in fact, there was a time when I thought that, you know, academia is not so bad. Like, maybe my backup would be I would get my master's and and maybe I could be an instructor. Maybe that would be my next step because lots of externals and people like go into teaching afterwards. And that was definitely something that opened my eyes into, well, maybe, maybe I want to do this. It also helped me look at issues better and differently, like see a kind of a broader picture. Um, did some work in like sociology. It, it helped me to look at issues in kind of a different manner. I wrote, like I wrote a paper for my graduation for a special project to graduate towards the end there. And I was really I was really proud of this topic in this paper and it was kind of work that was done from within kind of media that doesn't often get done. And so I remember that my instructor, my professor was saying like, you know, you should continue on with this. You could do this as a basis for a master's degree. But at that point I just thought I do not have the time to tackle that. I just needed a break from mm-hmm. it. So I've always thought about going back, but so much of what I learned in communications did turn out to be so incredibly helpful in what I do. But I think I would tell you that there's a ton of different opportunities for you in communications. You just don't realize it yet. You just don't because you haven't gotten out there to see how useful it is. I mean, there's a lot of community right now. Communications jobs are like they are hurting for people. Like They are <laughs> hurting for people. But look, organizations, if you want like a steady paycheck, mm-hmm. there's there's definitely like TransLink and Fortis and BC Hydro and um, like Fraser Health and like all those big organizations are so desperately looking for communications people. There are so many jobs yeah. out there right now. So there are a lot of jobs and opportunities out there for us to take on, but maybe these jobs aren't the end goal you're dreaming of. Maybe it's not what you want to settle for, but 
Here's the thing. Before this interview, I had a plan. I thought of how I wanted to make this episode before even doing this interview because I thought only about my end goal with this project and less so about how I'm going to get there. I tried to craft my questions in a way that it would end up forming a narrative that I had envisioned from the beginning. But obviously, it doesn't turn out that way. Instead, the plan I had was turned on its head and what blossomed from this interview was better than I could imagine. Step by step, story after story, Simi's journey taught me a very valuable lesson. And it was something I needed for a very long time. And I know that a lot of students, no matter their faculty, can learn from it. When I asked about her current position at CKNW, I still had that mindset of, you know, the end goal of the dream job being the most important thing, and you got to get there as fast as possible. But Simi quickly reminded me that that is not the case. Was where you are right now, is was this the end goal or like the dream from the beginning? Um, I always tell my kids is that, like, don't think about your end goal. Think about the next thing that you want to do, you know, because like, this business, there is no end goal. All too often, you know, the corporate bosses will decide that end goal for you. And I've had that happen. I've been laid off twice. So it's a matter of like, what do you love? What are you willing to do? What is the next thing that you want to do? When I was originally hired at CKNW in 2011, full-time, my, I think I worked the, it was the 1230 to three. That's, that's what I was hosting. 1230 to three. And then it became 12 to three, which was a great shift. And then in 2014, they did some rearranging and they asked me to do 10 to 2. So I was like, all right, I can do 10 to 2. It's a long day, but 10 to 2 is fine. And I, that to me, after about five years, I was really, 10 to 2 was like, I was not happy doing 10 to 2. And I had said that, you know, if ever I could do the mornings, I would love to do the mornings. So that's, so I've always thought about just the next thing that I could do and then try to make that happen because everything is always changing in this if you had told me 10 years ago or even 15 years ago, 20 years ago, that your goal is going to be hosting like the morning show on CKNW, I would have said, no, I don't think so. So you just, you don't know how things are going to work out. That's all. You know, to get where you are right now, you had to jump quite a few hurdles and jump into different opportunities. Uh, and you didn't even know if it will, you know, work out in the end, but what kept you pushing forward and, you know, taking these leaps and uh, what could you say to current undergrad students who are trying to figure things oh, out? That is such a good question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question before. Because you're right. There were obstacles. Like in 2008, when I was laid off and the recession was on, that was super hard. And then I managed after 10 months to get a full-time job at a talk radio station, not CKNW, but another one that used to be around at that time. And I And I lasted four months before they shut down that station and laid off everybody at that station too. And so then I was starting from scratch all over again. And I was ready at that point to be like, I am done. I am going to go to law school and I'm going to forget about this. Like I was ready to just like go start and do something completely different. And I made one phone call and I remember calling, um, we'll see KNW and the, the program director at the time. And I said, you know, you probably don't know me, but this is who I am. And he goes, no, no, of course I know you. He says, I've been listening. I said, what? And he goes, yeah. And I said, so, you know, like we've all been laid off and I'm just wondering, do you have anything part-time? Like I'm happy to be on call. And he said, you know what, come on in, let's talk. And I was so impressed by the fact that somebody who 
doing their job well was always listening to the competition, right? Because recruiting talent and finding talent is a very tough thing these days. And so I I was fortunate enough that he had been listening to see, well, what is this new person doing? And like, what is she all about? And so he knew of my work. And yeah, they they hired me the next day when I went in to go chat with him. And so I had a part-time job, which was great. I was part-time for a year and a half before I was able to land a full-time job. And I think it was just incremental progress that I knew this is what I loved. And if I had a goal that I could, if I could just get to the next thing, if I could just get to the next thing and, you know, just keep going that, that I would eventually get that, that breakthrough that happened. And I was trying to always be happy with what I had every next step that I had. I was just happy that I had made that particular breakthrough. Like when I got the part-time job at CKNW, I was thrilled. And then when I had the chance to get the full-time job, I was like, great. And if I don't get it, well, I'll, you know, I've still got the part-time job and I can do some other things, but every step of the way, I just tried to pour myself into what the next step was going to be. And then, you know, go on from there and go on from there because we, you know, you can't walk in the door and be like, you know what? I want to sit in the big chair and I'm going to sit in the big chair. No, no. There are a lot of steps before you get to the big chair and you got to care about the steps before you get to the big chair. Because if we, if, if they see you as, only wanting that big chair, you're not going to get there because they want you to care. They want to see your growth. They want to see your development. They want to know that you're good. You have to be very good to get to that big chair. So it's about appreciating, I think, every step of that journey and showing that you care and you're willing to learn and do all that every step of the way. We have a saying as (laughs) we have a very in business thing that we say amongst ourselves where a lot of students come through and, you know, when I was in TV and I was a news anchor, every student who came through, I knew used to eye me like, I want her job. Like everyone would come through and you just figured they were figuring out a way that they could run you over in the parking lot because they thought they were going to be, you know, the next big thing. And so we used to joke and say, you know, they want to be Barbara Walters, even if it takes all week. And that's, that's a mentality that is not good to have, right? Mm. Patience, take your time, learn lots of skills you will get there, but don't be in such a rush to get there that you're going to climb over people or, you know, just it's not worth it. You want like your reputation is all that you have. When I, I mean, laying off in a reception, recession, desperately trying to find a job, whatever, in the end, all I had was my work ethic and my reputation. And that was only from being in the business for a long time and doing a lot of different jobs and all those little steps. And thank goodness I had done them because I wouldn't have gotten a job otherwise. In the end, you never know what can happen. You can't control your life to perfectly fit a specific path. You can't know if you'll like a job or opportunity unless you try it. So focus on the steps you're taking now. We subconsciously move one foot in front of the other to keep going. It's just automatic. So let's take the time and think about each step you're taking and think about how you're going to take the next one. It can be baby steps or any kind of step you want. As long as you don't rush them, you'll learn from them and grow as a person. After all, you're just taking a walk. The only difference is you never know where you might end up. Once you're out of school and working full time, life is beginning. So enjoy, enjoy the slower pace, enjoy the school, take your time and look around it. And you know what? Experiment. You're thinking maybe I'll go intern over here or maybe I'll try it over here. You don't know what you're going to enjoy yet. You're just, you're just starting out. I have a couple thank yous to give out before I head out the door. 
Um, thank you, Simi, for taking part of this interview. Thank you for taking time out of your day to actually do this with me. It means a lot. I, I learned so much from the hour that we had. So thank you so much. And uh, thank you guys for listening. I, I really appreciate it. It means a lot. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did making it. So with all that said, my name is Eric. And you guys have yourselves a great day. Interested in learning more about the FCAT community? A brand new episode of FCAT After School hits your feeds every other Wednesday this season. A big thanks to Simi Sara for joining us here on the show. You'll find links to resources mentioned and more info on Simi and SFU's School of Communication in the show notes. Our host for this episode was Eric Militaru. Production by Eric and me, Stacey Copeland. FCAT After School respectfully acknowledges the Musqueam, Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh, Katsi, Coquitlam, Kakite, Kwantlen, Semiamu, and Tuwasan peoples, on whose unceded traditional territories our three campuses reside, and where many of the stories shared in our series take place. Make sure to rate us and subscribe to FCAT After School in your podcast app of choice so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And you can follow us on social media at FCAT at SFU. That's F-C-A-T at S-F-U on Twitter and Instagram.